0: Hello rantbox TV Watchers, it is Friday and uh, here you are watching this fantastic episode. I'm hoping it will be so, the future will tell us so. You've seen the title so I'm sure you've got a good idea about what it is but I'll go into that momentarily. Um, New viewers, this is a show that is going to promote marginalised voices talking about, well, interesting topics and it comes out every Friday as you can see. Um, Today's episode, right this talk concerns capitalist philosophy through the lens of cinematic and text-based intellectual property which is not easy to say so i'll break that down we'll be covering the dissonance caused by fans and youtubers who speak of characters with little to no acknowledgments or consideration as to how capitalism dictates the desires and acts of editors producers creators marketeers and so forth Um, I'll be focusing on superheroes. I'm sure other people will talk about various other elements of this topic. Recurring characters such as, like, say, Hamlet, Sherlock Holmes, Frankenstein's monster are all up for grabs. Though I suspect we'll be going towards Star Trek at some point, if not computer games, because I know, too, the people here are into that quite severely um, about people. This show isn't personality driven, so I'm not going to spend 15 minutes saying, hey, how are you to people that are here. They will introduce themselves as we go. So we'll start for the first question and take it from there. YouTube pundits are, well, they often talk about characters without factoring in the corporate mechanisms behind them. Is that a problem for anyone in this room?
1: I mean, I think it's undeniably a problem, um, though I almost see it from the inverse direction as the first thing that comes to mind when you mention that is is Star Wars and the amount of lambasting that Kathleen Kennedy has got off of the new Disney era that's come in. Um, one of the things that I, I find quite interesting there, and I don't know why I feel the need to defend Kathleen Kennedy, especially I don't really know her... Part in the new era of Star Wars has been created, but um, I can't help but think the way especially the movies have been made has been heavily, heavily influenced by a bordering, like it does, like a couple of the films especially really feel like there are multiple hands in the pot here writing the story, and to get so angry at one person about it, it feels disingenuous to me, like deeply disingenuous.
0: Do you reckon that's based on her being a woman? Because a lot of these comments are from a lot of angry young men and they not they normally cite Ray, who is a female lead character, as being problematic and then point towards Kennedy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it un- undeniably has something to do with her sex, even if it's just to do with the negative backlash. I, it, Gender seems to be undeniably a factor in the way... The discourse has, has been around it, okay. I feel at least.
0: Um, I heard a voice from Simon. Do you want to comment before we carry on? Thank you, Matt. I, okay. I,
2: was, going, I was going to say, yeah, because the flip is we you have someone like Feige, who obviously marvels side of things, um, who has these cohorts of Loney and Favreau, and they are really only seen as the guys who saved. Marvel, uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, Favreau and Beige have saved Marvel from you know, 2008 which was the introduction of Iron Man to now where we're having the rights of Endgame and the new Slate which goes into 2024 where you, you know these films from everybody and these guys are celebrated as geniuses, essentially while Kathleen Kennedy on the other hand who has been around four years, remember George Lucas gave her the key. The castle, he said, You are the person who's going to take Star Wars forward. And I think her only mistake when she came out back in 2012, maybe, when she said Star Wars is now female and it is going to annoy a lot of came out and said.
0: Two things. Um, one, your audio cuts out a little bit if you're too far away, so you may want to get closer. Second wow. thing is, when you're talking about, from what I could make out, Kevin Feige um, being a custodian of Marvel and him not necessarily getting flack for it, let's be honest, as much as I like the Marvel movies, they really are, at this point in time, barring, say, Captain Marvel, it's about fathers and sons. And that is playing to the gallery to an extent. Those stories are going to be quite male centric. I don't think people talk about this quite enough. And I think matriarchal power is coming in slow with Captain Marvel. Um, But yeah, I really do think it would be um, wrong if we continue this conversation about the other two people in the room saying something. Those two people happen to be women. So do you guys have anything to say about this? Yeah, Delphi? I
3: think... um the problem also would be rooted in the fact that uh the writing as not necessarily just uh, fantasy uh, films is that women or uh the love interest uh it's changed quite a lot like i mean i'm i'm i'm, I'm exaggerating because now it's getting better but if you're going to take a hollywood classic uh the writing is still classical so conventional and it's really hard to have first okay let's let's just pick up just whedon who were being asked all the time oh so what do you do why do you portray strong women and he said i'm just portraying people they happen to be women <laughs> and that's the thing like we think about if we want to portray a woman she's going to be a strong woman what why is that for me she can be a weak woman but a strong character um but we don't have to think in this terms for men we 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 go into different layers and I think there's a problem in the writing of women in themselves like sometimes the women are very very um very uh constricted by so many things and and it's not we're not writing about big you know big women uh in general they have to have a superpower to appear big and strong I I don't know there's something about the classical writing that needs to be also considered into that conversation
0: okay Ola do you have anything to say (laughs) on what's just been said there
4: well, I'm going to, we're going to go with Matt and talking about, well, Star Wars is female. So I actually was going to bring this up in a different context, but I think it can work together. I'm going to go Batman versus Batwoman. Okay. The new Batwoman. I don't know if you, anybody's watched Batwoman? No, you have. Okay, good. So so I'll, I'll put it into context, but I, I also want to talk about corporate interests because we're I'm going to do both. All right. So Batman, I read this interesting article that Batman is a Republican. He was, he's actually a poster boy for Republicanism. Um, Corporate guy, a total womanizer, right? You know, and a lot of his stuff is fueled by vendetta as well. You know? And he, and, and he, unlike Superman and Spider-Man and all that stuff, doesn't really have a superpower. In fact, there's a brilliant hysterical cartoon um, uh, the Cartoon Network or not the Cartoon, college humor, something on YouTube. Watch it. I'll, I'll send you guys a link, right? It's Batman versus Superman. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's like, you know, he just like Superman wipes everything out and then he's got these two beer things and he goes, yo, Bat dude. Batman's like trying to climb really hard over the <laughs> box. Really uh, you gotta, you, I'm, gonna just, I'm gonna give you a link to this. It's so funny. Anyway, so yeah, you have, but he is he's representing. you know because let's when was batman reborn we have adam west's version right when it when it comes to television you know and we have the 30s comic whatever you know i told you the context of that um but when batman comes into being it's michael caton first this is the first incarnation after adam west right and then there's so many versions of him i can't even remember which is which i've seen a lot all like practically all the batman movies but i I just, God, I can't remember them all. But that's it. He's just a rich, white, Republican playboy, womanizer. You know, he's going from this person to that woman, you know, there's no... And, and how did he make his money? Weapons and all this shit, you know? That just like, <laughs> what? So, am sorry, really, Simon?
2: They've done that recently in the most recent game, uh, Arkham Knight, where they pulled parents because they were philanthropists um, in certain respects um, and you know they built hospitals and so forth but they were catalysts, and one of the main reasons why the likes sort of Bane um, and the League of Shadows which is the uh, Ra's al Ghul character and so forth tore down Gotham which was seen as the pinnacle of excess and kind of like a, a Golgotha kind of kind of area or uh, I can't remember that the biblical place which was destroyed um uh, it, these are why a lot Gamora. of these characters sorry Gomorrah that was it not Golgotha Gomorrah <laughs> <laughs> Golgotha I don't know why that is um a lot of characters it sounded are good I liked it it's a good place um a lot, a lot of characters are referred to the fact that the Waynes were not great people and you, you see that in newer media and I and i watched last week's episode which was absolutely with you guys um which was absolutely excellent about you guys about deconstructing these characters and the fact that we can't just focus on the old Bill Finger and, and you know the original Stan Lee characters which provide us a sort of framework because we now are given more and more insight by YouTubers the fact that you have people like Grace Randolph who is a fantastic YouTuber I think she's a great person, she's really well known within the community, who really can, and she also knows a lot about comic books, she breaks down everything from 1960 to today, and everything that's included.
0: Can I ask you, Simon, before we go back to Ola's um, uh, side trip, because I really want to know more about what you're saying about Batwoman in regards to Batman, yeah. Simon, when you're talking about this YouTuber, Grace Randolph, I've seen a few of her posts, mm. do you think that it can be problematic that when she's speaking about these characters, or at least her favourite iterations of, she doesn't really seem to include any mandates by executive powers, i.e. editors, or what these people who are putting money into this um, criteria expect Mm. to get out of it. Do you find the problem?
2: I'd say the complete opposite, actually, because at least once a week, she breaks down the movie math. Um, So she will talk about the box office numbers and so forth, but I I have listened to her YouTube you know documentaries where she's discussed about how much input there is from, let's say, a company like Tencent out in China, who will invest in a particular film, and then uh, make sure that they have certain characters involved, or a certain character needs to have certain billing um, in 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 the film. Um, and Grace Randolph, on multiple occasions, has provided me with insight to. The, um, you know, the corporate mandate behind of a lot of these films and why they go ahead. I mean, it's really interesting. It wasn't her, but I, I don't know if you guys know about Monster Hunter, um, that was financed by Tencent, um, Mila Jovovich, Paul W.S. Anderson. And because there was a line in the film that said, what type of knees are you? Chinese, Japanese, whatever, that film has now been banned in China. Banned in China, which means it's going to lose. I don't know. 300 million, 200
0: million Yes, just, just because what of that you're saying is quite on point in terms of where I wanted to go. Mm. Um, what you're also saying is that Grace Randolph is an exception to what I've noticed. Um, I'll give mm. you guys a bit more of a backstory as to why this um, idea has been plaguing me somewhat. There is um, a channel. And I won't mention the name because otherwise. They, they do great content, but there is a, an issue that I have with some of the way they reveal their ideas about character. For example, um, you guys are all familiar with Marvel and Sony basically bringing in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to play their roles in an upcoming Spider-Man movie. Um, it's not clear as to what that story is, but the speculation on this channel, which I won't mention the name of, was about how they're bringing these people in to tie up certain story arcs that was started off in their own franchises from the early 2000s Um, and they're not the only channel that does this. They seem to want to play unwittingly to a gallery that only thinks of people being cast because a story is driving it. I mean I saw uh, a fantastic video where it was Disney doing an investors um, presentation and they, they remarked how in India at the moment, there is um, a great uh, swelling of the middle classes there. So therefore they should basically have people investing into their content because they'll be reflecting that in what they create, i.e. jungle um, books, prequel, and all these other kind of shows that they think will play well there. This is the kind of things that are going on. And yet we'll talk about Superman or Batman as if they have their own agency in their histories. That's what I'm seeing from pundits. And I think that kind of dissonance creates a weird feedback loop when it comes to how fans will talk about this thing and and petition studios to get certain things made. But yeah, that's my thinking on this.
4: Um, do you, can I finish what I was, uh, to go back to the Batman
0: versus
4: the Batwoman story? Because I, I want to go back to the idea of the, the whole, now Batman, can Batman be female like Star Wars? Right? We have Batwoman. Okay. So we all y'all know that like Batgirl, I think was like um Commissioner Gordon's daughter or something, right? Yeah, okay. So um so but this is Batwoman, and this is like I think uh she and, and it started off hate people hated it. They started off and to be honest with you, I started watching a couple of episodes and it was a little um it was a little weak to begin with. And and but like after a while the there, there was a, the story kicked in, you know, it was more about the story, and it really did, it did kick in, um, and went kind of, you know, and, and, and Batwoman got much more interesting, but Batwoman is, I think, uh, Bruce, she's like Bruce Wayne's cousin. Bruce Wayne is gone, okay, oh, so our- uh, I was just gonna say,
2: in this continuity in in the TV show because it's very different in
4: yeah, yeah. The, the, in this yeah. in this TV series right, right. because it, it's in a different i think it's in a different universe
2: it's, it's in the not, Arrowverse. It's the CW.
4: Yeah, something yeah. like that. I, I don't know because, like, I've been watching Flash, and they're all they they were in different universes, and now there's a multiverse. I mean, there's a one verse because they all all the other ones disappeared. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but what I'm saying is, like, so let's let's look at the underside of this. Our Republican white guy has gone awol. All right, he's just disappeared. He's off the map, and we have, uh cousin right this is cousin right and and she lost her sister and Batman like 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 there was a car accident and then the car went down and I think it looked like her sister died or whatever and Batman could Batman was there but Bruce Wayne was there but he couldn't save both of them he, just, he could only save one and whatever anyway the story is that her sister didn't die she got picked up by a serial killer and <clears throat> or a guy who, like sews so faces because his son was like Burned and he was he, he's a great plastic surgeon and he cut people's faces and, okay, it's a <laughs> But anyway, she became very twisted. Her sister was like, had you know, it was nature versus nurture kind of thing. Her sister became dark and, and became Alice in Wonderland crazy bad person in the story, right? And uh, what is her name in this? I can't remember her name, but anyway, she is gay now. We have a, a queer fat woman Okay, and and Batwoman, mm-hmm. and she kind of inherits Bruce's thing. She she inherits the the Bruce Empire while Bruce is gone. You know, and and so we're she's like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, the first thing she starts doing with Bruce's millions is she's I I made a note of this because I I always worry about housing. She starts buying up property and making cheap, affordable like rents for people, and it, and also buys a nightclub. Of course, you do. You buy a nightclub if you're. <laughs> to party and shit <laughs> hey man i'm batwoman <laughs> um you know and she and she wears and she's like she's very like um you know she's got very short hair and she's kind of got a military background she was studying in the army and then she was gonna w- work with her dad because her dad gotham has a security company it doesn't have the police it has a like this security company that just looks out for the rich right and her father Batwoman's father is in charge of that security company and she was sort of working for it and then she went rogue I I forget why she she turned out to be gay and the army kicked her out or something like that you know she came she basically came out and the army didn't take well or the special school that she was in didn't take well to it or whatever but then she's so when she became Batwoman she totally like she put on this big bright red wig to look more I don't know like to try and disguise herself, but she decided to own her identity as whatever kind of thing. Even though she was very, you know, the, the she's quite, you know, she's quite a little bit. She's beautiful, but butch, you know. She so got very short hair and army, and you know, GI Jane ish kind of thing going on there. You know, fit, really fight, you know. Anyway, the point is that here we go. The white Republican is gone, and we now have um. You know, it's it's is it female and also the politics are going left? She's taking she's moving away from Bruce's. So, yes, yeah, Simon, go ahead. I'm, I'm burbling. Yes,
2: no. So, all I was just going to say is that it's really interesting. You're saying that she's gone into sort of this proud, you know, lesbian woman, wrote, played by Ruby Rose, who's well known within the industry as a you know, lesbian. Yeah, yeah. She got she left, she quit after season one. She's now played by a black woman. I so she's now playing. by
4: two. Wait wait I haven't seen season 2 out. I haven't seen season 2. It's
2: just come out. So Jessica Lavelle is now playing the new Black Are you Woman. Kidding me? Uh, when did sorry. it come
4: out. spoilers I... anyone.
2: <laughs> but yeah. No,
4: no no that that's cool. Thanks for letting me know, but what I mean like cuz I didn't even know Batwoman she quit. Why did she quit?
2: Because know. the cool. LGBTQ community uh didn't like her. Very interesting.
4: What? <laughs> Do you know why they didn't like her?
2: I think Delphine knows.
4: Yeah, sorry, Delphine, your hands up. I'm looking at one square at a
3: time. I think it's a little bit offensive. Like, literally, what's been happening uh, for me uh, with the Black Lives Matter. I mean, I shop online, and I've never had a Black woman for lingerie or uh, mixed race people and, oh, it's a trend. Let's just have all our women selling the clothes and the whatever, uh, being black. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, hang on, (laughs) this is temporary. So I feel like this is a little bit offensive. So I I can speak for Ruby Rose, but maybe she's like, oh, am I just servicing a trend and actually then don't wanna write about me? They don't wanna write about people like me? I feel like this is also because uh, Batman was that type of person that people liked at the beginning at some point 30 years ago 20 years ago and now it's not the trend anymore let's replace it for that trend but are we actually talking and to the people who want to be able to see something that can they can relate to,
4: and is this a trend that's good? But like he just us Like, sorry, Devine, it doesn't seem to me like she left because she thought this is only because Simon said, sorry, as so far as I understand this, is she left because the LGBT community didn't like her, and I wanted I don't understand why that was the case i thought she was kind of gone no well, what i'm I mean, saying I'm... is
3: like maybe they were also offended to say okay so are we now just a trend i, yeah. I feel well, like we,
4: what, what is, we, i don't know that I, I mean it's it's possible but no it, then, no i'm like... just saying that's my feel i'm not oh, i right. don't know <laughs> you, you you think that that maybe that that's why they didn't like Maybe a reason because... but you would think that like i would i wouldn't <sighs> okay, I don't know, I can't really speak for this, but I would, I would be so happy and so excited if I saw me after not seeing me for such a long time being on the screen. Maybe there was something else about, I mean, it's a trend, like, I mean, the story was, it, it, I guess the story got good, you know, start off, it was all about the story for me. And then, you know, yeah, okay, we're ticking boxes, but the story actually got good with her. And then to replace her, that's, but I mean, it's also true with Doctor Who, right? Doctor Who is um, now was now is now a woman, but now the backstory is completely changed because William Hartner was supposed to be the first Doctor. I don't know if anybody here watches Doctor Who, but Doctor Who, the original Doctor Who, is like her. her me- they're saying that the Doctor's memory has been wiped, and 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 Doctor is not actually a Gallifreyan. And the original doctor was a black woman. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, it, yeah, yes, John, uh, you now, see what I'm talking about.
0: If possible, to give this subject um, more time and more consideration, we'd have to do a video about it on its own. Oh,
4: sorry. Okay,
0: okay. No, no, don't yeah. be sorry. I think it, it's interesting to find out about these topics and how tangential kind of like conversation can actually just grow into what it is but if we do go further into this tract then we'll literally run out of time um, for what we initially signed up for but i really want to discuss it because your um take on this being different from tell Fiends could in itself widen the conversation beyond um what it normally can be very aggressive um but yeah we should move on um what are the chances of a pop culture critique renaissance where executive production and editorial mandates are factored in more readily?
1: I mean, I I I had a lot of think, thoughts during the, the kind of the, the chat that's been going on that kind of factor into this. Um, I feel like there is a certain hill we need to get over in terms of how media discourse works right now Um, because anything that is diversive is political essentially like you, you the statement nazis are bad is not political because no one disagrees with it and similarly the statement like nazis are good can sometimes in certain spaces be treated also as apolitical because it's so ridiculous that no one believes the person. So you have this weird situation where things that are you know open and shut cases are not controversial and so they can be talked about but as soon as it becomes controversial it's political and it cannot be discussed. I think that's a massive problem especially when we have you know the forces of capital Really affecting the production process. Uh, if we look to uh, Captain Marvel, I believe they relied heavily on uh, the American military to get uh, battle scenes. And when you rely on the American mil- military to shoot your battle scenes, suddenly they get a veto over what goes in your movie, yes. and you you have to be pro-American military mm-hmm. if you want to use all this industrial hardware in your film. That's um, okay
0: yeah yeah exactly absolutely absolutely <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Iron man, watching that film after coming across the information that matt you've just shared with us makes me watch mm-hmm. the film completely differently um same thing the man of steel um but yeah continue yeah
4: wait wait simon what, uh, simon did you want to say something i thought i saw your hand go up uh,
2: yeah sorry No, i was gonna let matt finish if, if he was if he
1: was continuing Um, I'll wrap it up quickly. Um, So basically, yeah, there's, I think there's a certain nervousness around confronting sort of controversial subjects that cannot be ignored, because by not discussing them, it amounts to a kind of a propaganda for the interests of the people who are making this film, because we're not bringing to light these forces that are fundamentally affecting the conversation we're having across the board. Uh, That's about it.
2: Yeah, so I was just going to sort of flow on from the back of that. So one of my favorite shows at the moment has been The Mandalorian. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is watching it at the moment. So last week's episode was had Bill Burr in it, uh, as everyone knows. And it goes on to the questions, are Stormtroopers evil? Are they evil? Or are they doing a job? Are they working for the Empire? Are they working for the people? And I've I've gone off and watched many videos. So I just wanted to maybe just open that up. Well, Simon, this is
4: really—I I just have to jump in there, Simon, because this is an interesting question. I was watching that episode last week as well, and I saw them. And as first as, soon as I saw the stormtroopers, I'm like Nazis, you know, ugh, <laughs> space this. Nazis, ah. you know, <laughs> space Nazis. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you had that guy who got—I I didn't know his name. Well, maybe He's don't spoil
0: it. Maybe you really. Oh don't yeah. Uh, it, it, okay. Yeah, well, sorry.
4: whatever. Yeah. You, you have a um. You have something where you're you're questioning you've never i've never seen that happen before in any star wars thing you've never got under the 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 thing
2: they've done it a lot recently
4: though.
2: they've done it a lot recently going back to john's original question in regards to um sort of uh, corporate mandate and so forth so because they want to open up the universe so much we're finding out so much more that it's not just jedi's good people and Stormtroopers bad, it's (laughs) Stormtroopers are people who may have been attacked by rebels. Who are the rebels? Well, they may be aliens who have had their planet attacked or maybe their aliens are coming in and so forth. And this is where the expanded universe has grown and giving us so much more uh, opportunities for nuance and so forth, Like the Jedi, are being destroyed at the moment in, in the games, in the books, and so forth. It's only because they seem like the small, nitty-gritty group. Originally, there were thousands of them. They ran it like a police force. If you are on the other side, you're not going to like the Jedi. You're going to hate them. So it's, it's, it's where you have these these opportunities now to see more of this. Delphine?
3: Delphine? Uh- I should be ashamed because my company actually is working on the Mandalorian. Uh, Yay! Has been- <laughs> I don't know who, which um, TV show is uh, displaying them, provide um, um, producing.
2: Um, what is it on? It's on Disney Plus.
3: Disney Plus. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, in terms of you know writing um, and capitalism i mean that's your original question uh and the writing and the influence of producers if you wanna think of sours and i think mandalorian are making a good point it's like we're taking that world and we're gonna take it to question what's happening in our current world and you know develop that and you can hire good writers and then they're gonna uh, make that story grow it's great Um, now if we're talking about but woman, just just to say, like, why are we recycling? Ah, why are we recycling? Just take new stories, or take those existing worlds and have new characters and put them under different lights. If you want to take those characters again, but I think that's great because Star Wars is a world that that is uh, sustainable on its own, and then you can grow over the years. And most problem. Or the producers really don't know how to handle in a film uh characters that are just the same as 20 years ago and the you know they, they're clad on them the new trends what, what's it going to be next year um but i think mandalorian or any tv shows have more opportunities yep. and producers are more open and they're less pressured by hollywood because they're not making a film they're not making a uh, not because Star Wars is still a big franchise, but they're not making that one hit that it needs to hit that day mm-hmm. in America to make sure that they have their gross uh, thing, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sorry, sorry. Please continue. I've got something to say, but I thought you'd finished.
3: I, I did finish. I'm just I'm just saying that I'm kind of happy that TV shows are actually doing the job that they should be doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um what you've said, it's made me think of so many different things. Um, So thank you for coming on the show. Um, But yeah, (laughs) the main thing I wanted to to start off with, um, in terms of my thoughts, is that there's often this conversation where people are suggesting that these political ideas are being, as you said, put onto old stories or older characters, and you're thinking they should do new ones. Um, It might be be considerably helpful to think about the fact that the people who are doing this are compelled to do this because they feel that they've got an opportunity to do something new within those worlds with those old characters in a new iteration. I I fundamentally don't have an issue with this if it's done well. One of the reasons why I stopped watching um, the Batwoman show is because it wasn't able to fool me into thinking it was anything other than a soap opera. Um, and even anything <laughs> like say, Mr. Robot is a soap opera, but I forget that it's that. Do you know what I mean? Um, another thing that I think is quite interesting about what you brought up is that when we're talking about, um, say the Jedi being used, um, in Star Wars, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily you, I think it was Simon that brought this up actually, um. They're, they're staying away from that law, because I don't think they think that, that that law, that mythos, is something that can unite their fan base. Everyone and their mother likes to complain and shout at each other about what the Jedi are doing. But no one really can truly be angry about how Boba Fett is used. They all have an idea as to how Boba Fett is, whereas a Jedi is more of a divisive thing. The Skywalker family is a problematic thing. So if I always say, just bringing it back to the main point, if I was an investor, looking to invest into disney i would be more keen to do it knowing that their new shows that they're airing are going to be less divisive products there's a show for everyone now there's a show called the acolytes which is about the last days of the republic from the point of view of the evil guys the Sith. Yeah. that is going to get people interested there's a rogue squadron um show mm. coming out which is about basically spaceships and dogfighting. how can you argue about it's a that film. you know what i mean it's a yeah. film. Film, sorry, film. You can't argue about that. That's something you're going to go and watch. You're going to love. It. I doubt there'll be any yeah, form film that stuff. You know, so it should be a show. It should be a show. <laughs> okay, um, just
1: um, I, I think there's an interest. Oh, sorry, oh. <laughs> no, just I, I've been camping a bit to jump in. Just because... you know what? I'm, I'm going to say just because I mean, Star Wars very. It's not
0: even all that helpful. I really want to hear what you guys have to say. So, Matt, you continue, and I'm sure we'll hear more from us. Go. On. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry. No, just because I I think what you're saying is incredibly, incredibly relevant. And I think there's an interesting distinction to be made here that Delphine actually brought up as well, which is the distinction between films and TV shows, um, specifically in the sense that it's taking less of a risk. And I think there's this, for me, the thing that makes The Mandalorian so good is it seems like it's clearly a labor of love, that it was one guy's vision and... I think it i don't even necessarily think it's a film versus TV thing. I think it's a budgetary like money making thing. It basically come, boils down to capital again, yeah. like if there's money on the table and they want to make everyone happy and how do they do that? They do all the things that they think the fans want, but the problem is then you lack vision and you also get in this thing of and this is a kind of a, a touchy subject, but I think it's worth bringing up of sort of a kind of a capitalistic uh rainbow capitalism performative wokeness thing going on where Mm. it's not that it's wrong to have representation it's not that it's wrong to to have diverse genders and sexualities and this and that and the other in your media i think it's great i think it's fantastic but i think a lot of media sort of does it for the diversity higher element of it the box ticking element without Mm -hmm. actually internalizing the real damage that has been done that has, has necessitated this rep- representation in the first place.
2: Cool. Absolutely. I mean, we, we found it with, um, sorry, sorry to cut you, but um, 007 now being a black female character. And you saw many clickbait titles in some respects of James Bond is now black. No, no, calm down, calm down. It's, it's 007, but they're going to have to spend more of their time explaining why 007 is, why it's not going to be 007 anymore and who this new character is going to be than just telling the story of James Bond, who I know he's a misogynist. I know he's an alcoholic. He should have died 15 times. But I like James Bond. He's fun. I don't really care about the rest of MI6 at all. I except Q and... <laughs> um, other than that <laughs> Other than that I couldn't give a, Oh and Sean Bean Because Sean Bean's amazing um, But other than that just leave me with James Bond And create new spies Create new Same thing as uh,
0: Batman being black now Fine, Fine. But, yeah. yes. you know what, Simon that that's This this is wonderful, because now we're really getting to the heart of it. Essentially, these investors don't want to invest in, I don't know, Jenny Blake, who is 006. That doesn't have a market. Mm. 007 has a market. Coca-Cola has a name. Burger King Mm. has a name. Can I attach these things Mm. to Jenny Blake 004? 004? No, No. which is why this whole conversation, I think, can come back to where we're going. That's what's driving it. That's why you're going to get... Um, James Bond being a woman who is black and it's not even James Bond it's just another member of but essentially I don't know how we're not getting enough talk about that in itself being the, the driver of being capital but yeah sorry Delphine
2: you're going to say something that uh, no? he's
3: breaking up but I, I think, I think yeah. it's still good it's still running on his end so we shouldn't
0: have a problem oh, I'm anyway did I cut
3: out um, Yes, I, I find it's great to to be hearing people talking about it. Oh, John, he's still trying He's <laughs> just frozen on my thing and yeah. we're, yeah. we're gonna... Um, what did I want to say? Uh, yeah, okay. So what happened in the eighties when they were like, okay, we're gonna create this new character, James Bond, seventies, um, uh, whatever. Like any, any franchise, any comic book, how do you create a franchise? Does anybody know how to now? Because I don't think anybody knows how to. It's, it's a big recycling machine. Nobody knows how to. Mm-hmm. Like what's preventing us to have not a black woman as a new spy, just like whatever franchise we want to make out of a person that is a good actress or actor first, <laughs> above anything else. Um,
2: Rick and Morty did an episode on this they did the, the train what? thing and it was how do you create a something that keeps growing and growing and growing and it was essentially a commentary on the fact that they are arguing with themselves as creative personalities versus what the fans want and essentially it was just having three different levers. a little bit of this a little bit of that, a little bit of this Were they on a train? Wait,
4: I I love Rick and Morty Were they actually on yeah, a real they, train? Just remember, uh, yeah, this it, episode.
2: Was, it was a story train or something essentially they're just taking the mick out of their fans out of themselves because essentially they say all this is to do is to sell toys this whole episode what we've been talking about is to sell toys that's all it is you're going to go buy this ridiculous story train and we don't care that you know that we know that you know
3: sounds like, uh, on, I like, like uh, Jordan Peel and Keegan uh, Keith <laughs> sketch, you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Same thing, and can we're I becoming more aware of this.
3: That what Matt said about vision is uh, is, is absolutely uh, relevant, and that's actually the problem. It's like, oh, do you do you read a book with no vision? I don't think we can do that. And mm. do you actually write a book as a writer to respond to the demand?
4: I don't think most writers do that, so why? why? I just wanna address this because I I agree with everything you said. I totally agree. Like, you know, ever since you have a a chain, you have people riding on that chain and riding it to death. But at the same time, you have, uh, you create something like Star Trek or whatever. and, And Star Trek was weird the first time around because the TV series was three years and then it disappeared and people freaked out and they created fan fiction. i read tons and tons mm. of books. I read slash fiction. I read Spock and Kirk's sex stories. I bought all this stuff when I was 14. Yeah, no, seriously, they had drawings and everything. It was pretty, pretty, but they, because the fans loved it because they wanted it. And, it, and I think it's a balance. Between that, I want to make money off of this train. And then there's the love of the fans for that story. No. They want a good story. Yeah. They don't want a good story, but they still. That's, that's, that's why they go back to them as well. Yeah, that's, no, they-
3: that's understandable. But that's you create that demand, you create it. Mm. The fact that trying to fish for it. Is uh is lacking vision as Matt was talking about,
4: but obviously but if- not. Not everything is corporate. Yes, it is corporate, but some of those people were were absolute, like David Tennant, who became the Doctor, one of the Doctors. He was a fan of Doctor Who, you know, and it was a thrill to him to be and to be the Doctor, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it that wasn't a corporate. I, it might have been a choice because he was married to one of the doctors one of the doctor's daughters in real life but what yeah. I'm trying to say yeah. is that like there's a there's a mixture in there and there is that amongst the corporate forces that drive this there's the love of the fans who who want it you know the and it and that love is pure and it's not Totally corporate. There, there are some people in there writing those stories, and it's not. I don't think J.J. J J Abrams was corporate. I I think that guy loves Star Trek, and he did a good. Version, yeah, no, right yeah. are, are, we, are we here with that movies the movies were great so no no i i totally agree with you i'm I'm putting the other i'm being devil's avocado delphine no but I I, I I do believe that you can create your fan
3: base and uh obviously it's great for anything that you write that you have people who love your story i it's amazing it's the best brush i think but you can you know don't like the, the producers, the problem is production it will try to create based on demand instead of base, based on vision and writing, strong strong vision.
2: Because so what I'm thinking is um, when we're talking about fans, obviously Ryan Reynolds is a fan of Deadpool. He's always loved Deadpool and he managed to get it off the ground since 2012 and everything else. Fox is now now owned by Disney. They have greenlit Deadpool 3. What's going to happen? Are we going to get a Disney-fied version of Deadpool or are we going to get Ryan Reynolds' you know trilogy? What, what what I mean and what do we prefer? Do we want something to make as much money as possible or sorry what do the shareholders prefer? Something that is making as much money as possible or something that is, you know, appealing to the original fans.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Uncharted then.
2: (laughs) Oh, oh gosh. But that's Sony. Sony does whatever they want. (laughs) Sony's amazing.
4: John, I saw your hand being raised. What were you going to say? I I just want to know if my audio is
2: back on. Am I still in this? I don't know. It's your bandwidth (laughs) low, mate.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't hear you.
1: <laughs> can you hear me? i can just about hear you.
4: I can't hear him at all. Um, His picture's frozen.
1: Oh, now it's frozen oh, again. Boy. Um but quickly on that on that ownership issue, um, I just thought I'd pop in with uh Disney also built bought uh LucasArts, the yeah. game company. And I am a mass like my my gaming journey started with adventure games and the monkey island series is like deep deep in my heart like i truly love that series like nothing else one of the first games i ever played disney owned the rights to this series now they don't plan on doing anything with it and ron gilbert the original creator has a vision for the continuation of this series but he will never get to do it because disney owned the rights and i think that's deeply sad and it comes down to these market forces of is there money in this? Can we afford to give away the IP though? Because if somebody else does something with it, then they're going to make money off it, and God forbid somebody else will make money more money than us.
4: <laughs> I have a question for Matt. I had a real weird flashback, and this is probably very trivial because you had a good point there. But Monkey Island was that like on like a very old version of a like not Atari, but just after Atari. Was there a game it, that I was like very basic, out. very basic figures that I think I played Monkey Island. Mm, it sounds Nintendo, like you did. Like first
1: yeah. It sounds like you did. It came on, it <laughs> came that, out on that
4: Monkey Island that you're talking yeah, about? That I absolutely. Played like it came on years like,
1: ago? it came out on like four floppy disks or something at the time. Yeah
4: yeah it was really it was almost atari but a little bit better you know what i mean like just getting to mario brothers kind of level a block character.
0: yeah
1: it had a double release a low a low color palette version and a high color palette version but yes it came out on the on the more basic consoles as well
2: uh, is he frozen no he's there Uh, john he's there okay
0: can you hear me (laughs) yes just about
4: yeah 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 yeah. do you want to say something john
0: well i'm just worried about time because literally we have um basically one and a half questions left um and i don't want to be party pooper but i kind of got to wrap up so this next question is going to be very very just like a quick fire thing which i don't know how you're going to answer this quick fire wise um does the post enlightenment <laughs> spiritual vacuum contribute to our collective need to afford fictional characters undue agency can anyone even understand that question
4: <laughs> I, I i got your um, i got what you said it's like it, be, because of a spirit, our spiritual vacuum do we need the superheroes to fill our lives with meaning i think basically. Yeah, you know, like, because important. we don't have God. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say partially yes. I'm going to just cite this. I'm going to do it real quick. Greek myths. Okay. These, these guys are our Greek mm. myths. Okay. Mm. They're, it, it's not like we believe that they're real gods and goddesses, but they're telling our stories in superhuman ways. Mm. And, mm. and we need, since the beginning, we've always needed to tell ourselves these stories. And, and that is part of our spirituality, you know. Yeah, sorry.
0: No, Ola. um John, did you say is, something? Can you hear
4: me now. What? Say again. I couldn't hear you. What? Can you John? hear
0: me now? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what
4: we're going to say.
0: The scary thing about what you're saying is that the myths that you're mm-hmm. saying.
4: Oh, you're breaking are... up again. I'm sorry, Jen, wow. Freezing all right i can hear you you're breaking
2: up really sorry. it's really bad john all right um, yeah i think can matt you... matt you were gonna say yeah
1: something, um well, well we still have have connection issues sorry sorry i keep jumping on top of john uh, <laughs> um, um yeah just on that kind of notion of morality and using the, the the hero as a a way we look at ourselves and, and and justice and morality and stuff like that i think there is a kind of necessity there but there's also a kind of an opportunity that i think a lot of people miss which is kind of on the justice reform front and our need for justice how justice is presented how we look at criminality as well mm-hmm. and how the the you know prison reform I think, is also part of that. And, and the, the the castigation part of justice and how that informs the whole circle, I feel like is missing from that story a bit. And I think we kind of have an opportunity here to to bring those more to the fore as we start to supplant religious ideology with this kind of superhero narrative.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I think, because um, me and John have discussed this before, where the, the show The Boys... I think really has captured that that conversation essentially, where we do look up to certain heroes and and we ideal I, I idolise them in certain respects, as like a Superman and so forth. But when you allow someone with such absolute power, but without the the moral grounding of, of you know a, a good family process or so forth, you, you don't get your Superman, you get your Wolverine, who is your cool nineties and. Hero, but really, he's an absolutely fucked up character. Terribly misguided, you know. And, and Batman—he's a guy who runs around in a bat suit at night, and he's rich. He's an ass. He's an idiot. But you know, and and this is why the boys has been so good because essentially, it really does shine a light on our superhero fascination and the fact that they are in—they can be assholes. And, and so, yeah, that, that's my answer. Can to that I?
3: Question. Can I jump in? What yeah. Ola said what blew my mind oh mm. my god it's just hit me wow yes that that like paganism having gods goddesses women in you know being rep- representing hardships or levels stages of lives throughout uh, in a greater way than the human condition Ah! i never seen i never made that link it's amazing and i think actually It's not being seen, and you guys just talked about the morality, the justice aspect, that's what is being seen. But actually, it does fill a gap that uh, Christianity uh, wiped out, or any um, religion, monotheism religion, wiped out in having just uh, an entity as as a superior god that you have to look up to. But you don't know, and also you masculine. It's masculinized. Is that a word? I just want to. Yeah. I just yeah. want
4: to jump in there, Daphne, and, and say it's not just about a god and goddess thing. It is morality plays. It is ways yes. that we go. Like I'm going back to. I think it was a Matt or Simon. What do you guys said this about like the anti-hero? No, it's it you, Simon. You were talking about the anti-hero, and it is also like how do you? Th- these are ways for lost people to find their right path.
3: There are ways <laughs> to do right
4: sorry go ahead uh, it's 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 the
3: same as in egyptology it's the same as in roman um it's the same as in uh Viking. viking you know myth uh it's something that I think is healthy to have as humans to to see how what would be the struggles and the darkness that you might have as a person as equally as your purity and pureness mm. um. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and and you just like see how they struggle how they come
4: across each other with those things i mean yeah i never saw it like that i got one more thing to say about this this is about george lucas and the how how star wars came about he's into joseph campbell the power of myth and it is the the hero goes into the underworld he overcomes something this is in greek mythology and Mm -hmm. this is in the superhero doctrines male female whatever okay john Mm -hmm.
0: Um, just, just so um, you. Can you actually hear me now?
4: Okay, just about.
0: All right, great. I'm going to do this while it's still going. Um, definitely check out Joseph Campbell's The Man of a Thousand Faces, but definitely also, Delphine, if what you liked about Ola's speech, Awakening something before you, check out Superhero Gods by um, Grant Morrison. That's a book that talks about how these myths yep. translate into what we call um maybe models for our our moral agency but what's scary about all this is is that these characters are franchise elements within a corporation's um, goal which is to take our money so even if there is potential for us to learn from these new archetypes or rather new versions of archetypes essentially we shouldn't miss out that element of the chain Um, so you know we could be bowing down in front of an altar but the altar could be filled with cash is what I'm saying Um, but that being said we may have gone completely (coughs) over time Um, if you want to say one thing about what it is that you've been involved with creatively that you want people to know about and then I'll wrap up the show you've all got about say about 30 seconds to do so so go ahead who are you what do you have to tell us
4: All right, I'll I'll start because I'm annoying that way. Um, I'm Ola, and I do a radio show. And I did I created a radio show because mainstream radio sucks. It's Ola's Cool Kitchen, and you can listen on Mixcloud.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Delphine, what know. do you do?
3: So, oh, sorry, I'm Delphine, and uh, I work in uh, films, visual
4: effects. Um. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Simon, who are you?
2: Come on, tell me. Yeah, I'm Simon. Um, I I work in distance learning, uh, educational supports online. And I've recently left London and moved to Hastings uh, to start painting my mum's house. So this is me for the next three months. So (laughs) I'll let it go to Matt.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hi, I'm Matt. I front a band called House Pile Up. We released a single about a week ago. Go check it out. It's on Spotify.
0: Excellent. <laughs> this has been great. I've been John Clay. I'm a director cool. of mine. I'm so helpful um, to have this really bad internet, but also to be presenting to you guys, really good people who can take over whilst my internet fucks around in my mind. That being said, do check out the description box if you want to know more about the people or indeed if you want to check out the new video for the basically dinosaur, not dinosaur junior, what's going on? Hearst Pile Up. <laughs> this has been great. Thank dinosaur you. Dinosaur so <laughs> Jr. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. <clears throat>